it's had a profound impact and, and clearly there's still areas of acceptance that I have to work work on but I got on with it you know I'm mm-hmm. resilient we're all resilient I got on with it I learned a lot of skills in the military and mental strength and physically I was strong so I you know I dealt with it and I, I moved forward and I still do I still do my best but yeah it's a very very tough pill to swallow for sure Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. So, Paul, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Yeah, just getting used to the cold weather again for uh, January, but I'm, I'm doing all right. Do you know what? Cold weather is actually the worst. Like, this weather feels more Christmassy than Christmas did. That's how I like to explain it. I feel like these minus degrees, this is when I want to be drinking mulled wine. This is when I want to be going to a Christmas market. Not necessarily in January. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like it's a little bit later now, doesn't it? I mean, like say on Christmas Day, you usually, it's Christmas Day, it's freezing outside or the snow, something like that. I remember that from back in the day, but... I'm getting a bit old now, though, so. <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel very similar. I feel like this weather is more Christmassy than Christmas is. Christmas yeah. and Easter have kind of switched. Easter used to be when it was, like, coming into spring and really lovely, and now it's more, like, freezing cold weather in Easter rather than at Christmas. Yeah. So, global yeah. warming, who knew that it was a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think I think today was definitely the coldest as well. Yeah, it was like minus, I woke up this morning and it was like minus eight, which is absolutely feral. <laughs> like That's disgusting. Jesus, that is cold. I think it was about five or six here, but yeah, that is going so. So the first question that I like to ask every single guest on this podcast is, how do you refer to your disability? Well, I don't really. The truth is I kind of, um, well, I say I'm an arm amputee, but um, mm-hmm. I don't really... The truth be known, I don't actually uh, going straight into it. I don't really particularly accept the loss of my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that I'm always, I always, I always cover it up. It's always covered up, even if I'm wearing a t-shirt. I, mm-hmm. I put sort of tailored socks on it and things like that. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a denial from where I come from, which is probably a bit odd for you to hear because um, a lot of people, or most people, in fact, they kind of accept it and uh, get on with it but I'm, I'm very different in that sense so how do I refer to it really I, I, I try not to I try to kind of not really let it play a part in my life and just you know carry on as normal really pre 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 being injured if, if I can obviously mm-hmm. it's very different now but that's that's my plan doesn't really answer your question does it but but actually it does as well because everybody relates to their disability incredibly individually because disability is individual you know two people could have the exact like exact same diagnosis on a piece of paper and how mm. that disability is going to affect them is going to be completely different and it's going to be completely based on the individual so actually yeah. it it kind of does answer that question as well because you know you're saying like you you do cover up your disability and actually it's something that you try not to refer to or bring attention to because it's not something that you particularly want to have like these big deep conversations about which is absolutely fine and and it's a really interesting topic isn't it disability because I think a lot of disabled people feel like they need to disclose absolutely everything about their disability when they're asked and there's also a lot of people like yourself who don't who don't need to have those conversations don't want to have those conversations and actually it's incredibly private and it's it's mainly for you Mm. 
It is. I mean, I know a lot of people in the, the military, obviously, that's my background, and they've lost limbs, and and they just they just sort of own it, really, for, for want of a better way of putting it. They just, you know, they're just happy with their new self, um, whereas I'm very different. And I know nowadays there's a lot of people that, without saying the wrong thing, probably strive for attention a little bit or or they deserve attention because they're disabled. Again, I've got to be careful what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, but but for me, I don't really want it for that reason. Mm-hmm. I want I want opportunity. And if, if opportunity comes my way because I happen to be disabled, I um, arm amputee, then brilliant. But I, I don't really want it because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure whether there's people... I don't know. I'll leave. I'll leave it there. But this is this is actually such an interesting conversation because, like you said, some people, rightly or wrongly, will use their disability to their advantage. I mean, that's it's, it's like you know, super super layman's terms. That's what we're talking about here. Is is people gaining clout because of their disability? Now, that's not to say that it doesn't happen in other areas of life as well. There are plenty of people oh, out yeah. there who use what they have and what they've got to to their advantage and. And I think when disability comes into play, I think, do we feel awkward about it? Because for so long, disability was very much um, hidden and, and, in the, and in the sidelines. And it's not necessarily something that we really always spoke about. Is, is that maybe one of the reasons why it feels so awkward to talk about it? I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting like area mm. to, to have this conversation in. It is. I don't know. It's a tough one to answer, really. I think... I think a bit like everything, I think the shift sometimes goes a little bit, the pendulum swings a little mm-hmm. bit too much, maybe, perhaps. And again, I understand the people who are disabled, they might have been kept in the dark for many, many years. And I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, I mean, I'm disabled, so I'm talking as if I'm not. But but I get the problem of being, being put in the dark. So when they get the opportunity now that they're perhaps more accepted in society, then they're going to shout from the rooftops um but i do agree that i do think there are more people out there that are coming out of the woodwork and and maybe trying to gain attention um from it so yeah i don't know it's, it's i don't know it's a really tough one to answer that but i i personally i and this is probably because i wasn't born with, with you know with half an arm i don't really want to gain attention because of my arm but if it's an opportunity, then obviously I'm going to take it like everyone else. We're all trying to survive and do our best. But I don't want to specifically say, look, here's my arm. I've got half an arm and I deserve and demand attention. And also one thing I'll just say quickly, and this is really controversial, but I'll throw it in there. I think sometimes people believe that the acceptance of disability is so much better now than it ever was. Actually, it probably is. But I think there is an all, also an element, again, this is really controversial. I think there's also an element of people believe they should say that they accept disability. And so that's what they do. It's not necessarily they specifically <laughs> they specifically want um, disability to come to the forefront. I think sometimes it's, um, it's like when people say I'm non-judgmental. I think people are clever now. They want others to hear that they say they're non-judgmental. But we're all judgmental. So I think sometimes, I mean, you can tell me if you think that's a little bit out of line or, or whatever, but I think sometimes people, not everyone, there are some amazing people out there, millions of amazing people, but I think there are people out there that actually, they might say something differently to what they're actually thinking. Mm. 
That is interesting because... Quite negative that, isn't it? Well, actually, yeah, it is. It is really. And and it's interesting that that is your viewpoint on it because I think having a background in disability, so like my background is always, always going to be disability, like it's never going to not be. It's very much my lived experience. It's the only experience that I do have. From being a disabled child to then moving into a disabled adult, I would say that disability has 100% been more accepted as I have got older. And that is due to a lot of different reasons. Representation in the media is, is a massive part to play. Um, social yeah. media, huge, huge factor in that because it's become seen as, as more normal. So it's really interesting that you say that because you're someone who acquired your disability. So that means that actually like your knowledge of disability is not going to be like mine because the time yeah. the time difference is going to be a lot shorter so this you know this was very much like my lived experience from birth where it's not been your lived experience from birth so this has yeah. been something that you have um you've acquired and it's something that's kind of you know bestowed upon you so actually mm. your view of disability pre-becoming disabled is going to be very very different to what it is now that you are disabled and I was wondering what's that transition been like for you because obviously like you said like you don't have the most positive experience with your disability so did disability feature in your life beforehand um not not really no no I didn't really I wasn't ever involved in anything um to do with disability and and, and I go and again I take what you say you you've lived it so you you know and I know there has have been I'm not going back on what I'm saying I'm just saying I know there have been many changes of acceptance in society like you say the media and stuff all my point was I just feel sometimes it goes too far and, and there are people that might say yeah disabled is great and but actually might not quite mean it mm -hmm. as if it's coming across that's that's my only point really I feel like sometimes the pendulum swings a bit too far and you've got to be careful on that but I know I was never I mean I've been disabled for 12 years now um, mm -hmm. 13 years this year so quite quite an amount of time but I never really had any involvement in disability um, before that. Um, I'd like to think that I was never judgmental before mm -hmm. that. I mean, but I was in a different environment. I was in yeah. a military environment all the time, so it's 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 very different. Um, but how have I since since I was injured? I don't know. Um, I mean, you've said that you've seen things improve dramatically, and, I, and I'm sure you've probably seen things improve dramatic, dramatically over 12, 13 years. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not so sure I have, and again, it might just be my lens on life or my approach or my mm -hmm. current situation. But I feel when I was first injured, I was having ample opportunity um, to whether that be deep background TV work or public speaking, or and I feel like when I went, was going to huge charity events or huge events, and it doesn't have to be charity events in the golfing industry that I was getting involved in, um, really high profile events. I feel like people's approach to disability then was perhaps a little bit better than it was today i don't know why i don't know if that's the covid thing that's changed people's way um yeah i don't know i'm just stabbing in the dark there but I, I don't know my my take on it is i feel like there's a bit more judgment over the last two or three years with me mm -hmm. more than it was previously so i'm not sure why i'm picking up on that but obviously you're you're the complete opposite i think even during covid have you seen a, a great transition that's positive for disability i think covid gave a lot of people 
a lot of realization that things that disabled people have been asking for for so long in terms of um, access needs and accessible requirements suddenly got handed to everybody left, right and center, uh, like overnight when disabled people have been asking for these things for years and years and years and the world realized that we could all work from home if we had to. And, and, you know, again, something disabled people have been asking for, for, for years. And, and I think COVID actually really brought about a really big solidarity within the disabled community, because again, everybody realized that at at, literally at a drop of a hat, your whole life can change immediately. And, And, and also, you know, when we first think about COVID, we didn't know what the world was going to look like three, four, five years after. And now we're still very much like in it. COVID still very much exists. But, you know, we had that moment of time where everybody suddenly realized that at any point in time, you could you could become disabled. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, like, oh, you're the, the way that this happened isn't just like you say, like military or it isn't just that you were really unwell. It, it could be anything. And, and we all kind of faced that together and it was very unifying. So I think over the past couple of years, it's become a lot more accepting. But as we're coming, we're moving back towards more like less, um, less working from home and and less hybrid type of working. And and I'm talking more about working because that's where we really, really saw it more so than, than socially. I think people understood socially quite quickly that actually, you know, these these rules and measures were put in place for whatever reason. But now we're moving back into that going back into the office going back into work a bit more often being around people a lot more often we're kind of seeing that the appreciation that was given to the disabled community is is dwindling i will i will admit that it is dwindling but i think representation wise i think we have got a lot better so like it is mm. it is swings and roundabouts and nothing is ever going to be mm. at 100% that's you know that's really futile to think that but i do think in the last couple of years things have got better in terms of representation but then when we think about how the UK no longer has a disability minister it hasn't got better as well so like that like I said Mm. there are swings and roundabouts to every single topic surrounding disability and what's right for one person is not going to be right for another person and that's something I think we really need to accept is that disability is just an umbrella term for something that's so vast and such a myriad of different things yeah no it's really interesting in um how you put it um and as I say, it's it's my lens, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's my lens. Again, people might, viewers might, or listeners might be like, oh my God, he's so negative. That's that's awful. But it's just how I see things. But I think you're right. It's definitely, opportunities definitely increased. But now people are starting to go back to work and things like that. Maybe, maybe it's just levelling out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you said that you've been disabled now for 12 years. And yeah. what was the experience of acquiring your disability like and and I'm not talking about like you know traumatic events I'm talking what was the experience like of suddenly realizing that your life was different to what it was beforehand uh I mean for me it was huge because Mm. um well it is huge for everyone I'm not but um I was I was I was on I was on a pedestal really I was I was in a uh, in a career and I was flying in that career so Mm. I was I was doing amazingly well amongst my peer group and I was going to the top of my rank structure and yeah I was just competing in sport sport played a big part in my life boxing um I was also kind of a keen DJ back then I was running my own charity events um bringing on some big DJs some world famous DJs um and then it sort of happened in a flash literally Mm -hmm. um so it was tough I mean those opportunities are still there but 
and I've been very fortunate. I've been able to get involved in some sport again, and I've done a bit of DJing and things like that. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to say that. I think you'll never be the same person again. I mm-hmm. think I, I, I can't relate to your experience and. You know, it's very different for you. You've had to grow up, and I'm sure there's some extremely tough times growing up. But I can only say for me, it's, it's different because I, I don't feel that I'm same person. I'm not sure I ever will. So I've tried mm-hmm. to mold. I've tried to mold myself into a new, a new individual. But um, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough. I, I as I say at the beginning of the call, I don't really. This is my own issue, but I don't really accept my arm. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't want any attention to it, and I, and I, and I say I cover it up and stuff like that. I never leave it bare. So there's, I don't know. It sounds quite shallow, doesn't it? Pretty awful, but, uh, yeah, it, it's had a profound impact, and and clearly there's still areas of acceptance that I have to work work on. But I got on with it, you know. I'm mm-hmm. resilient. We're all resilient, and I got on with it. I learned a lot of skills in the military and mental strength and. Physically, I was strong, so I, you know, I dealt with it and I, I moved forward, mm-hmm. um, and I still do. I still do my best, but um, yeah, it's a very, very tough pill to swallow for sure. Yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting because I was literally just having this conversation with someone else that acquiring your disability and being born disabled are two incredibly different experiences because you have known life without disability. You know, you, you've had a big chunk yeah. of your life that didn't really involve too much disability, like whether that was, you know, by choice or not, it just wasn't really present. And then all of a sudden life is very, very different and, and you've got to almost relearn how to do like a whole lot of stuff. I can imagine you probably had endless amount of hours of physio. You probably had doctors telling you this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And, and then realizing also that doctors actually have not a, fucking notion what people can and can't do when it comes to disability and that experience itself must have been really quite baffling yeah it was it's it's so hard because you feel I mean I was 33 as well so Mm -hmm. you know I'd lived a good amount of life um before losing losing my arm and people are in a much worse place than well they've got much worse injuries than me you can't compare how they are in life um but yeah, it was. It's tough because it's hard for anyone to to relate. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, you could have you could have counselling sessions, as you say, you could speak to the doctor. But I had so many battles through COVID with the doctors because they, they just didn't really understand where I was coming from. You know, the pain I was experiencing in my in my arm, phantom pain. You know, I get quite mm-hmm. a lot of phantom pain. You see. Um, so yeah, I, adapting. I remember when I first lost my arm. I used to go to close the doors and miss them, you know, because you still realise yeah. you still feel your hands, you know, a bit further down, or well, I've not got a hand, but you still feel like you've got your limb. So initially, it was a nightmare, and you then learn to tie your shoelaces and mm-hmm. getting dressed and all the things that. The thing is, for me, all the things that were so easy and automatic before, you don't even think about unconsciously. Now you have to think about them. But the thing is for me, there's a bit of frustration in me still, which I should, mm-hmm. shouldn't really after 12 years. So when I'm doing my shoelaces and maybe I get it wrong and I have to start again, or I'm rushing around, I need to get out of the house and I'm getting dressed. For me, I get a bit frustrated because I feel I can relate back to, and you shouldn't live in the past, but I feel like I can relate back to how it was before. So I'm like, oh, for fuck. You know, I really, mm-hmm. I really wanted to, I, I really wanted to, I really, was really great at golf and I'm quite good now, but, I was really good before and you know I used to tie my shoelaces in 10 seconds now I'm taking 50 seconds or a minute or 
whatever. And mm-hmm. I used to train like this. I used to do, you know, dumbbells and chest press. And so really, my focus is is not in the in the right place because you can't change something as significant as losing a limb. But and I don't spend my every day feeling like that. But there are fleeting times when I I get quite frustrated because you know. I know what it, I knew what it was like, mm-hmm. you know, washing pots or undoing a, a jar or whatever. I, I I get quite frustrated because I I know the the before and I know the now. But you know, ultimately, you've got to get on with it. That's life, and lucky to be alive and all the rest of it. But it, as I say, f- some fleeting frustration, frustrations, and bitterness come in every every now and then. And I do think that that is only natural because acquiring your disability like as as i've said and i'll probably say multiple different times it is very different to being born disabled you don't like for me i don't have to think about how i do certain things it's just natural it comes naturally to me it would be the equivalent of me suddenly waking up and having a, a right hand i would freak out like i would not know what to do you know suddenly as you said like tying yeah. my shoelaces would be completely different Opening jars would be a completely different experience. Opening a packet of crisps, completely different experience. So I think I can completely empathize with what you're saying. It is a completely different way of life because you've had something and it's being taken away from you. And that is, it's never easy to to go through that. But equally, again, as you said, like lo- you're lucky to be alive. And that in itself yeah. is something that's incredible because there are people who don't necessarily get that fortune. And so- yeah again very much swings and roundabouts yes it's not ideal that things have changed and acceptance is very much a journey everybody in their Mm. journey is in completely different places and there's no point in comparing someone who's 10 years down the line to someone who is you know five years down the line they're going to be in very very different places but it doesn't mean that you can't oscillate between where you are and where you were it's it's a very difficult process and I don't not that I don't envy that because I think it would be difficult regardless and everybody goes through their own stuff. But I think what's so interesting for me is when you have to think about things that you would have done before, like you said, tying shoelaces, the idea that you then have to really think about how you now do that is something that I find really interesting because I obviously don't have to think about that kind of thing. And I think that is where I can completely understand why there's frustration there because it's something you've been doing since you were like, what? let's two years old I don't know if two-year-olds can tie yeah. the laces maybe yeah. they can yeah. but then it completely changes and as an adult and and just because of how our brains are wired up and neuro pathways of course it's going to be it's going to not be easy it's going to be difficult because you're trying to create a new completely yeah. new pathway that's been there for years and years and years and don't get me wrong you adapt I mm-hmm. adapt now like but but as you say going back to if I was to wake up with my left arm again I'd be like yeah yeah because <laughs> because I'm sure I'd go back into things but you do adapt you you learn to you know, everything I do now, I don't really consider this arm, even though I do use it a little bit mm-hmm. to maybe push against something or whatever it, it may be. Um, yeah, it's, but then again, you know, you've had, you've had it from childhood, so you've had to go through the difficulties of that. But don't, again, don't get me wrong, I'm very lucky. You know, I've had so much opportunity since. And I, as I say, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm well supported in, in different ways. So it's not, it's not that. It's just, um, it's just the frustration sometimes because, I don't know, you, you kind of look back, don't you? You kind of, you're always, well, I'm always kind of saying, this was Paul in the army, a staff sergeant flying high. This is Paul now. And yeah, some people just transition and go, oh, this is Paul now. Mm-hmm. Right, let's go forward. Always, 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 always. And I, you know, I'll put my hand up and say, 
I don't do that as much as I should, really. I do sometimes reflect back and get frustrated, but that's my own issue. Yeah. So interestingly, I always like to talk about career. So your career obviously played a massive part in your disability. It's like, it's occupational hazard when it comes to the military. But what was your career choices like before your disability and then after your disability? How did your disability change your career path and, and the path that you then went on? How did it change it afterwards? Yeah. So I joined very often. So, so I joined, okay, I think I understand what you're asking. So I joined very early. I joined when I was 17. Um, so I spent all of my adult life in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so I followed my older brother. He joined earlier, a few years earlier. Um Sorry, just say again, bro. What, 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 what you, what you asking there? Because I'm kind of confused. So it's about your career. So like your career before you became disabled, like you didn't, you didn't think about. Obviously, you didn't think about disability. It wasn't something that you were had to think about. But after becoming disabled, how did that impact your career choices and the career path that you were on? Yeah, yeah. So, sixteen years in the army, served on operations all over. Obviously, it comes with the territory that you might get injured, but you don't think you'll ever get injured because you'd never have a military if there was people getting injured left, right and centre. So you kind of take that risk, but there's always a chance and you sign the dotted line. So I was injured 33. Um, has it impacted it? I mean, I, it's, it's a really tough one to answer because I don't know what I was going to be doing after I joined because I never considered disability mm-hmm. whilst I was serving. That's just, I'll be honest, it just never came into my mind. So I was a personal trainer or PTI, physical training instructor in the military. So when I first got injured and I recovered after, after because I was, you know, my internals were damaged and mm-hmm. my whole of my left side was very badly damaged. I, I probably had about 20 plus operations and stuff. Um, but when I recovered at the recovery centre, I think I wanted to get back into sport and I, I trained to become a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And it didn't really impact me, really, to be honest. I've not really felt that it impacted me. I was able to, um, I didn't have a lot of clients, but I I set up my gym at at my home and I was able to take clients and the course that I took for six weeks, which is an intensive course, there was nothing really that impacted me. I just had to make adaptations for exercises and things like that, but it it didn't really impact me other than I would have to show a client something with an exercise with one arm instead of two. Um, so I'd need to be a bit more creative in things like that, imaginative. But essentially, I was able to to carry on and work as normal. And then I did a bit of TV work as well, uh, background TV stuff, extras work, a bit, little bit of acting, but very, very little. So I was in a HBO production, a couple of scenes. Um, but I, I didn't really, I don't think really that it impacted me. I never really mm-hmm. gave it much thought. I just, in, even though I was saying I live in the past, I just felt, well, this is this is me. I want to get on, you know, I'm able to speak. So I did some public speaking. I'm able to do background TV work and I can do personal training. So really, I, di- I didn't feel that it was impactful. Apart from ongoing pain that I was experiencing, um, mm-hmm. and I still do, it didn't really it didn't really impact me. Yeah. Just out of pure curiosity, when you're when you are public speaking, what are what are the topics that you talk about? I've not done it for a long time. The COVID kind of put a halt to it really and I've not really found myself getting out there as much as I would like for sure Mm -hmm. so I've kind of been fairly isolated over the last four years but when I used to talk essentially I was just I was just telling my story so I was just telling my life story of growing up in the Midlands joining the army being on top of the world being around my my mates camaraderie banter leadership all this great Mm -hmm. stuff that I was doing 
and then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, I was I was injured in the bomb blast, and and just how it changed and how recovery was so tough, and I'd lie in the hospital and I'd touch on that, but then I then I'd go on to say that you know I was very lucky to be introduced to golf again, which was a childhood sport that I used to love, um, and I used to so I, I then got to compete against the Americans and I did the acting and talking, so it's really just re- telling my story and hopefully showing some form of resilience that was the plan behind it mm-hmm. there was never any overriding message to the audience in front of me it was more effective tell your story and hopefully one or two in the audience might find that inspiring and 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 so it's, it's touching mostly on resilience mm-hmm. interesting super super interesting actually um i like to think that if we can look back at hard times and notice a, like, a positive trait about ourselves, then, and then actually we've learned something. And I was wondering, if you look back upon reflection, is there a particular positive trait that you, that you really admire in yourself? <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't need time to think about this, should you? <laughs> Clearly I do. Because uh, there's so many. <laughs> Not really. The guys in the, in the, in the army, in the, in the regiment and stuff, they, they'd see me as a very... Um, um, what's the word? Oh God, sorry. The word that's quite humble, really, mm-hmm. and grounded. Because um, I was doing really well, and, and in the military, you do kind of build up a bit of an ego, rightly or wrongly. You, you do because you're getting you're getting put on a pedestal if you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And I was doing really well, um, but I never really allowed that to go to my head. So I, I suppose I was humble and and resilience. You know, we've all got a, we've all got a background. I've got a childhood, which you know wasn't plain sailing by any stretch of the imagination but I was able to again come through it and still compete in sport and do really well as a kid you know I used to play for like Leicester boys and stuff like that and then excel in the military so I think resilience is probably the one that that stands out. Mm -hmm. I think resilience is a really common trait for quite a lot of disabled people because being disabled you know society doesn't necessarily want you to succeed like and that's that's not me being defeatist that's me just being very realistic when we think about people in the workplace or we think about general life disability isn't always thought about rightly or wrongly and so a lot of disabled people are very very resilient because quite often doors are closed in your face repeatedly and if you're a disabled child they are closed in your face at a very young age and and the choices are either to to get over it in in the nicest way possible or, or sink and, and you don't really get a choice between the two so I always love it when disabled people say they're resilient because they are the exact epitome of what resilience is they're, they're, and there's no way that you can argue with me that we're not no definitely not I mean especially it's innate within you but it's, I have to say especially through people who've been disabled from birth or, or a very young age mm-hmm. let's say that that even more so because as you say I don't know what it's like I don't know I really don't know what it's like to I mean uh, I think yeah, there was a couple of disabled kids in in my class and and things like that, and that it was all fine. But you you've experienced you've experienced all the rejection. I, it sounds like you've experienced all the rejection throughout your life. Not now, obviously you're doing really well and everything, but it sounds like you have experienced that. And I don't know what that's like because I never I never did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's goes without saying that when you're disabled, you're you're extremely resilient. Um, especially if, you, if you're born with it. But, you know, for me, I suppose I was res- resilient through my childhood and, and the fact that going in the army, you've got to be resilient. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to because there's a lot of difficult times. Yeah. 
Have you? And I, I wonder about this question. Not, I, I like to ask this question for everybody, but I really wonder what your answer is going to be. <laughs> and I like to think about the weird questions that we get as disabled people. Now, you might not get any, but I know a lot of people do. And I was wondering... Are there a particular set of questions or like weird comments that you get surrounding your disability? Not really. Not, 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 no, no, not really. I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing really that I get. Um, I mean, I've been on a few reunions and some of the guys, you know, there's banter that kicks in and they, I, I can't really remember, you know, it's harmless and things like comments like that come out. Um, but there's nothing specifically physically about my own that I, <coughs> I mean, is there anything that you can touch on? Uh, loads. <laughs> I think what, it's... Stuff that, you can, stuff that you can say on this podcast? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very, very open on this. Um, It's very, very interesting that as a man, you say that you don't really get any weird questions because it tends to quite often be that those who are male or male presenting or mask don't really get many bizarre questions surrounding their disability. And the, the, the most... The most that guys tend to get, and that, and this is generally if they're either in a wheelchair or use walking sticks, tends to be around whether or not they can or cannot have sex. That seems to be like the one that people go to straight away. But interestingly, as a guy who has a limb difference, you don't get anything. Whereas I'm a female with a limb difference, and I get the most like crazy DMs all the time asking me about fetishes, about men who want to put my arm in different places and like interestingly as a guy you don't get any of that but yeah as a woman and I'm not the only person who gets this because I know plenty of other limb difference women or femme presenting who also get the same so it's a really really interesting area for me to talk about because I think there's a real difference between men and women when it comes to what people feel like they can and can't ask or what they will and will not say to their faces Mm. surrounding disability does it offend you out of interest? Um, it really depends how it's said and what it's said. So if it's if yeah. it's like a, a devotee, do you, do you know what a devotee is? So a devotee is someone who um, essentially their kink is the fact that you're disabled. And that that's what really gets them off. And, it, and it's quite like it's a quite a problematic area of disability when we're talking about it, uh, particularly surrounding like power struggles and men and women. It's a very, very bizarre like subsection of, of disability that is very, very yeah. rarely spoken about. But if if I don't know you and you are you feel free to talk about my disability to my face and say something, you know, that is not necessarily correct, true. I I just I don't know you therefore I don't care quite frankly I don't take advice of people I don't know and I don't really listen to advice of people I don't know and I don't really listen to comments off people I don't know but if you're a friend of mine and you say something and that's a problem but my friends love me enough to be like they they wouldn't say anything and not that there any yeah. there is anything to say to be quite honest because I'm I like to think I'm quite an open book when it comes to disability it's very much an open and closed case for me and I'm aware that that's not everybody's experience, but for me, it's a very much like a, we can sit and we can chat about it. I don't have a problem, but I will let you know when you, if you've gone too far. Fair enough. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think you was going there. That's why I, w- I wasn't going to say anything, but no, I've had a few people make comments about, mm-hmm. but that's me. That's, <laughs> that's me. I've jokingly said, um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I should say this. But I, <laughs> you can edit, you can edit this bit out and I might really offend people and whatever, but as a joke, I've said, oh, I might set up a website for myself. Do you know what? You probably That's, get a lot of money yeah. for it. There's a lot of people out there who probably really enjoy that. 
I don't know. I mean, but yeah, it's so. If I just ask quickly, because I know it's your. Um, so you do, there's no consciousness at all towards your limb difference then. No. There wouldn't be, would they? But I, I, there's nothing. There's nothing at all. Not 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 a tiny element because you was born with it. I, I would assume. No, and, and I don't want to cross boundaries there. No, but. no, no, not at all. I think I'm very, very open and upfront about my disability. But I've always been that way. I've never, I've never really like shied away from conversations, and I've always known that I was different. Um, and that's, but like that's fine. And I think. You know, you very, very quickly realise that absolutely everybody has something going on. And not that my disability was like my thing, but I always knew that I was different. And just because mine happened to be like a physical manifestation doesn't mean that somebody else's isn't physical. And so I've always, yeah, I've always been incredibly upfront and honest about who I am because being a disabled child, I think you have to quickly, very quickly realise that if you aren't good with yourself, then other people aren't necessarily going to be good with you because they don't know how to be because disability is not something that we speak about at a young age. And and it's not. And also when you're thinking about school and scholastic system, teachers don't really know how to handle disabled kids. Don't care if you're a teacher or not. They really, they really struggle. And, and that's, you know, been a really common experience for a lot of people I know. So you have to be good with yourself and be able to stand up for yourself when someone thinks that you're a health and safety hazard. And and you have to be be very sure in, in what you're asking for and your needs and make sure that your needs are met because if they aren't, there's going to be nobody else that's going to fight in your corner for you. And so I think that's probably like where I come from and a lot of it is that, well, I, I had to be the one person to trust my own back and, and I'm quite happy with that and it makes me just really open and honest about it. That's really interesting because you've got, it sounds like well, you come across, you've got so much surety in yourself, um, which is amazing and, and confidence um, based on perhaps, well, it might be your background or, or as well, but based on your experience as a child that you had to be this way and, and become this person, which I take my hat off to you for. Whereas someone like me, I feel like it's kind of gone the other way a little bit. Mm-hmm. The surety has left me a little bit and, you know, loving yourself has left me a little bit um but that's again that's my issue i know people that have lost limbs are fantastic in Mm -hmm. themselves and they accept it but yeah that's really interesting i'll just say very quickly one person i hope he doesn't watch this but he's he's an old army friend and i I was on about you know i'm not getting into relationships and stuff and it's not quite working Mm -hmm. and he said to me why don't you look for someone who's lost their arm (laughs) and i was like i didn't i didn't know i didn't I, don't, I can't remember how I responded, but I was like, I'm not going to, right, I'm not going to say much more on that. But I, yeah, that really, that really kind of threw me off. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What are you saying? Because, because I've lost an arm that I can only try to look for a partner who's also lost a limb. I didn't say that because I, cause this is my problem. I don't like yeah. upsetting people, um, which is one of the things that, yeah, we'll probably talk about. But yeah, I just found that bizarre that he would say it. I really, I was the first time I was like, oh my God, I've never, ever experienced any. I never thought I'd hear those words out of your mouth. It was actually on a, on a WhatsApp mm-hmm. message. But. It's really interesting though, because quite often something that a lot, something that a lot of people who aren't necessarily disabled don't realise is that just because, just because two people are disabled doesn't mean they're automatically going to get on because there are people in this world who are disabled and also assholes. And that is so fine because there are people who are non-disabled and who are also assholes. But just because you're disabled doesn't automatically mean that you're going to get on with every other disabled person. Mm-hmm. And and it's but it's very, very interesting because we like to club it together. 
because in our in our like you know like super caveman terms putting a group of people all together who looked somewhat similar made sense yeah yeah it was it was and it was more more aside not as much as getting on just more the fact that he, he felt that that's that's i don't know this i've got to be careful because i'm disabled but he was like he was he was he was challenge, channeling me into one area like mm-hmm. you can you should only look for someone who's lost a limb i don't i was like oh <laughs> really is that what is that what you think I don't know. Maybe I should wear my prosthetic more. No, I'm, I'm being silly. <laughs> I've got a prosthetic. I don't wear it very often. I stopped wearing prosthetics when I was five. So, like, I'm the perfect person yeah. to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it hurts me a little bit. So I don't tend to wear it. It doesn't. It's useless anyway. You kind of. Do, I know they're advancing, but it just sits there and does nothing. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that are a bit more advanced, they, they can't replicate what your hand can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. No, but then are, that's also are, yeah. a very interesting conversation to have because I, I'm someone who doesn't like to wear prosthetics. Like they just, me and prosthetics don't necessarily get on. I just don't see why I have to wear something that's so incredibly false to like quote unquote fit into the society. Like I'm, I'm a whole human just as I am. I don't, I don't need to add on something that doesn't exist for, for me to fit in. And so it's really yeah. interesting when we have conversations around prosthetics because I know that they can be such a lifeline to so many people. So like I'm absolutely not dissing them. I think they do wonderful things for people. They just don't do wonderful yeah. things for me, and that is fine. So I know you've got uh, some questions, Brooke, and I don't want to take over with this, but just out of interest, if you don't mind me asking, so I wear one very rarely, but I went away to Brazil recently and I, I wore one because it was so crowded. Um, and I don't like every person looking at my arm. So they do naturally. They don't mean anything by mm-hmm. it. They're probably just, oh, that's out of the norm or whatever. You obviously would get the same. Does it? Do you? Do you pick up on people doing that? Because I, I do. I, 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 I can see almost everyone that I pass pretty much. And again, that's maybe where I'm at. That I'm drawing that attention in. But I, I see them just kind of look and look again, and and then I'll walk again, and someone else will do it, and I become it's ridiculous, really. I'm 46 in March, but I, I become conscious of it. Do you? Does do you see it for one, and do you? Are you just like? whatever or do you don't even don't even see it does it bother you in any way at all I mean I definitely see it I think I, I, this is the thing a lot of disabled people will always notice when they're being stared at and it, and then you you know when someone is staring at you for your disability it's, it's very very obvious mm. but equally at the same time like I have a life to lead and and I've got stuff that I need to do and if you're staring well like probably says a bit more about you than it does about me like I've, I've got my own life that I need to get on with and if I'm at the shop then really not that interesting the fact that i'm at a shop picking up my sushi like that's really fucking boring but if you're staring like might as well look you might learn something but it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that i'm gonna necessarily converse with you um so yeah i guess i do notice it but does it affect me not really like i think it is it is part and parcel of being disabled i think and it's not necessarily a nice part of being disabled and i can completely understand why being going from being non-disabled to disabled that is it 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 does cause not great feelings I can completely get that but at the same Mm. time like you you've got a life to lead and and like if people are looking you might as well give them something to stare at yeah exactly and that's yeah some people prolong stares it's unbelievable but that again goes to the point that I think he was going to ask um so I don't want to jump in but worrying what others think like Mm. the moment you do that like life becomes a bit of the pain um and as I say I'm 45 so I do I do allow too too many people to concern me, which are mm-hmm. complete strangers. So it's a really strange one that is. But yeah, hey, that's where I'm at right yeah. now today. 
Yeah, it is It is interesting. With your journey to acceptance on disability, whereabouts would you say you are on that journey? Acceptance of my own disability, mm-hmm. did you say? Um, I, I like percentages, but I, I, I'd like to think I'm halfway there. I mean, mm-hmm. some people will listen to this perhaps. I don't know if they'll come across it. Hopefully not. Some of the old soldiers that have lost limbs and they're just getting on with their life and they're thriving and striving. And, and I'm a little bit, I've gone a little bit backward, strangely. The first few years, I was great. I was doing all sorts of stuff and yeah it was amazing and then I think since the pandemic or slightly before that I've started to just withdraw a little bit I'm not sure Mm -hmm. the reason I know this is getting quite deep um, and I don't want it ever to come across as pitiful but it's just my reality today Um, I'm probably only halfway there because I don't yeah there's a part of me that is too conscious about it and I'm, I'm worried what others think which is bizarre I'm not worried. I'm just conscious about it. And, and so if I go into a sauna or a swimming pool and things like that, I'm not entirely comfortable by it. Or I go to the gym because I used to love training and I still do. I'm just, if it's a new a new place, I'm, I'm conscious about other people. And it's mm-hmm. crazy, really. But that's, yeah. th- that's where I'm at. So I, I'd say I'm probably, you know, physically, yes, I've got more surgery coming up. So that's fine. I can deal with that. Not a problem. Um, but psychologically with it I'm probably only halfway there really there's a, there's still a way to go for me which is quite strange because I'm at the 13 year point this year mm-hmm. but that's that's the truth that's my truth yeah. today I actually only have one final question for you and I'm really intrigued to, to hear how you're going to answer this and that is it's not about the fetish side is it no it's yeah. definitely not cut don't you one. worry don't you worry no we'll <laughs> you can do what you want with that <laughs> um <laughs> no. no that is are you disabled and proud? No. Interesting. I'm so sorry to say that. And I, and I don't know how many listeners you get or stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be people out there that think, oh my God, that guy's put me to sleep. He's put me on a... <laughs> Only surround yourself with people with positive energy. I, think I am a positive person. I just I just decided to say the truth, really, when, 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 when we do this. And I, I, the truth is I, I'm not really... Pr- I'm, I'm proud that... I've come through what I've come through because, you know, mm. it's horrendous, really. You know, um, I was on life support and all sorts. Um, so I'm proud of that. But am I proud today that I'm disabled? I, I'm going to have to say that I'm not. But I hope that in time, mm-hmm. I become much more acceptance of my situation because it's not going away. We're not going to grow a limb back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so lucky that I'm alive. Um, I'm supported in many ways um so i like to think that in time i'll be shouting from the rooftops and i'll be very well not very happy that might be push stretching it a little bit but i'll be a lot more at peace with the situation Mm -hmm. but today the the answer really would have to swing towards i'm not proud that i'm disabled i don't know what your thoughts are on that well, I think it's definitely your journey and your your journey to acceptance with your disability. And if and if today you're not proud, then that's that's absolutely fine. And I think being disabled and proud definitely is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. And I think, like you said, your journey to acceptance, as you said, you're you're really only fifty percent of the way there, which means you've got another fifty percent to go. And and who knows how that's going to come along. Um, I think there's a lot of things that. When you look back on actually being disabled probably makes you who you are today. And and I think that that's really beautiful and wonderful. And I think there's so much grit and determination and disability that that it will come. It will come. I'm sure it will. Yeah. 
No, no, I think just talking to you and hearing your your take on things and your perspective and how you've gone through many struggles to get where you are today, you know, it's inspiring and it, it, it sort of gives me a bit of a kick up the backside a little bit. It's like, come on, stop feeling sorry for yourself or whatever it may be. Um, mm. So, no, I really I really appreciate that. Um, you know, it's I'll definitely take away a lot from the talk today. Amazing. Well, Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to give us a chat. It's been a really interesting episode. I'm, I'm excited to hear what people think. Yeah, my pleasure. It's been really good. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.